Nebraska won. What a goal from Carlos Bocanegra. Boyd will try a long hit. What a goal from Lloyd. This is spectacular. It's hit with no regard for humanity. Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is. Switzerland and Shakiri have scored in the 90th minute. That was worth the price of admission alone. This is Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm. DaspitLaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. That was a lonely studio coming in here tonight without the wheelhouse guys who are out at the uh, Space City home opener. Space Cowboys. There you go. Space Cities. I mean, technically, it's not Sugar technically Land, wrong, yeah. right? Not, not. I mean, Sugarland. She's part I'm of Space off City. to a rip roaring start here tonight. Oh, man. Well, Soccer Matters is on the air. That's one thing we know right now, presented by the Daspit Law Firm. Years of supporting the game on the radio through John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. You call them, 713-CALL-NOW-JOHN and his firm. Simply the best personal injury attorneys. They get us on the air. All right, let's go tonight. 713-780-3776 to call the show. We're streaming at ESPN975.com. I got Dynamo LA Galaxy tickets. Uh, by the way, you need to go to Instagram and follow me at Glenn Davis Sock or at Soccer Matters GD because we will drop a pair of Galaxy uh, Dynamo tickets there. So each and every week, there'll be tickets for the Dynamo and Dash over there on Instagram as well. So get over there, follow us, support us. The likes, all of that stuff is meaningful. We appreciate it. Uh, it's part of being in the radio game with a once-a-week, two-hour soccer show. Okay, Arsenal, City, Newcastle, all impressive at the top of the Premier League, while United, Spurs, others, not so much right now. Promotion and relegation leading to most every game with big meaning in the Premier League may be the exception, some of these mid-table teams that are pretty much stabilized when it comes to um, not going to be relegated, but they're not going to be in European money either. So we'll... We'll talk about that tonight. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Davis Sock at Soccer Matters GD during the show. Tickets for, like I said, L.A. visiting the Dynamo this weekend. I think Chicharito just got back to training. He, he, you're not going to see him, I don't think. Nah, I don't think you'll see him. Uh, broadcast is going to air right here on ESPN 97.5. Okay, so headline in L.A., and I should have brought Kevin Baxter of the L.A. Times on tonight. I uh, I've dropped the ball on that one because he's always good. Uh, The headline is, here it is. The Galaxy, once the model franchise for MLS, have suddenly become a joke. How about that? That's the David Beckhams, Latan Ibrahimovic, Robbie Keane, titles. That's the the, uh, L.A. Times headline. Uh, 33, 36, and 21 since Latan left. There's been protests for Chris Klein, the president, to be out. Um, at the end of the season, the fans were calling from it, or calling uh, about it, you know, calling for his head, wanting him out. The organization didn't communicate to the fan base for five or six weeks, which that's not great communication. Um, communication is key in everything. So anyway, they will come in this weekend. 
And I think in this next segment, we'll talk a little bit more about them, um, what is on their bench, the players that are there. Uh, Memo Rodriguez has been starting for them. They have yet to win a game. So uh, we'll talk about them in the Dynamo uh, in, in the next segment. We'll take your calls again, 713-780-3776. Okay, today Chelsea and Liverpool, a nil-nil draw on that one. Uh, Chelsea will feel as though they may have had the better chances. Here's a good one from the German Cup. Freiburg 2, Bayern Munich 1. Out goes Bayern Munich out of the German Cup. Thomas Tuchel, the coach there now. Okay, bring back Julian Nagelsmann right now. Um, 16 shots, 4 on goal. They had 67% of the possession. And Freiburg with the big upset. And I believe that game was at Bayern. Lionel Messi, unlikely to extend his gig at PSG. So everybody in the world is trying to get attached to him potentially you know, for the media hit and the media bump. Shep Messing came out, my friend, saying that uh, Inter-Miami sounds a real good bet. Barcelona, Robert Lewandowski said, oh, I hope he comes back to Barcelona. And then there was Saudi Arabia. Now, do we believe this, that, that the Saudis and Al-Hilal is willing to pay Messi, $438 million a season. Do, do we believe that, Andrew? If Fabrizio Romano is reporting it, I think that there's some legs to it. I mean, he's basically the Adam Schefter of the soccer-slash-football world. I, if he's reporting it, I have to believe that he has been, he's been fed. He's had that story fed to him by someone relatively reputable. Well, we might have to look that up because I got it from LaMarca in Spain, who's Generally pretty pretty up on things. Um, but we did hear earlier, uh, a week, I think seven to ten days ago, we did hear that they wanted to make Messi higher paid than Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, uh, but it's just, I mean, what do we even begin to think about that? I mean, with sports now. It's so crazy. We had this amazing women's national championship game. Great competition. Women's basketball on the rise. Women's soccer on the rise. And what are we talking about? We're talking about hand gestures. I, I mean, it's just, is this what people want to consume? Is, I, it's so bizarre to me. Um, $438 million, that'll pay a few light bills. Uh, all right. So we'll see what happens with Messi. I think there's a good bet he does come to Major League Soccer, honestly. I think lifestyle pays into it. How much more money does he need? Miami's a, a you know, a climate that's a good climate. Um, here, open your mic so I can hear what you said. Oh, I, I was talking to Guillermo. I was oh. just saying that, that it was – I think that you're 100% right that he'll enjoy being in America solely from a lifestyle perspective in that Messi might be able to walk around places – where you watch him go back to Argentina, and it's just like the guy has to live in seclusion because he just gets mobbed everywhere he goes. I'm yeah. assuming in Europe it's pretty similar. Yeah, he's going to get mobbed here too, though. Yeah, but not knows. to the same degree. Not to the same degree at all. Well, like, not if he's in Buenos Aires, no. But Miami's got a lot of people from South America there. He's not going to go unnoticed there. But I think people will be a little bit more respectful, keep their distance probably. Um that's if he ends up there. And by the way, uh, if you are playing a pressing style, do not a- ask Lionel Messi to be a part of that 
uh, front foot football in Miami because you'll have to figure out your team and, and build it around him and uh, let him uh, figure out uh, unlocking defenses and scoring goals. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to go to Saudi Arabia. I really don't. Um, okay. So uh, I think we have Greg on the phone. He does. Uh, let's get a shout here in, in, on, on Arsenal and Liverpool. So let's go to Greg, who wants to talk about the Premier League nil-nil draw today. Greg. Hey, what's up? So I'm a big Arsenal fan. I've been since like 04 with the Thierry Henry days. And mm. it's exciting, finally, again, to be an Arsenal fan. It's like we got our right coach. I have two questions. Who do you, who do you got in this weekend's game? Arsenal-Liverpool, and do you think Arsenal can hold off Man City the rest of the season and win the Premiership? I'll hang up. All right, Greg, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna weave Andrew in on this too. Um, I think Liverpool's in transition in a big way. I think there's a lot of um, focus that's going in a lot of direction with a lot of different players. They need to rebuild their midfield. Um, I'm I'm picking Arsenal in form now over Liverpool. Uh, and I also do believe they're going to win the title. Um, I just, I think there's just so many things going on there that's good. I, I see a team that's playing for each other. Um, our Frenchman that uh, was signed, Trossard, ended up being a, a great golden goose for this team. So I think there's a lot of things in motion. You've got Gabriel Jesus back now. Um, so leadership from Arteta has been spectacular. Uh, I just marvel at these coaches that can come into these environments. I don't think anybody in their wildest dreams thought this team would be here right now, accelerated this quickly under this manager, uh, but it's happened. And by the way, his staff deserves support. Also Arsenal for allowing him to, to make the picks uh, in, in, in helping to revamp the roster. Andrew, you take it away now. Yeah. I think the game with Liverpool this weekend is going to be a massive litmus test. Anfield's been a, place of nightmares for Arsenal for the better part of the last decade. Uh, I think it's probably been that long or longer since they've won away at Liverpool in the Premier League, and it's not going to be easy for them. Liverpool, while away from home, have looked just god-awful. I mean, they've been almost relegation level away from home, Glenn. At Anfield, they've been nearly the Liverpool of old. It hasn't been quite that level, but it's been very close in terms of the rate that they've accumulated points when playing at Anfield. So this is going to be no easy game for Arsenal whatsoever. But I think the point that you hit on there with the midfield is going to be key. If Arsenal is able to win the midfield at Anfield in a way that teams like Manchester United and some of the other teams that have visited there over the past few weeks have not, they'll put themselves in a very, very good position. I think what I can guarantee you there's going to be some goals that are going to be scored. They're going to get chances. They're, they're, they're going to they're going to be goals scored at Anfield chances. on Sunday, and it's going to be a fun match. Yeah, and uh, you just reminded us of the demolition of Manchester United there. And you're right; it, they they are different at Liverpool. Liverpool's different at home at Anfield. There's no question. But yeah, I think this has been a really good boost for the Premier League to see some different teams in there, uh, and to see an Arsenal, a healthy Arsenal, competing with everybody. And listen. Uh, the fight for for European places and the fight for the Champions League, you know, with Newcastle, Spurs, and United, um, boy, this is this is an incredible race to keep an eye on. There, uh, a little bit later, I'm going to tell you about one of our big winners today that's uh, tied into the Premier League as well. So, there's a lot going on. Hey, I wanted to. Um, all right, you're getting a bonus from me tonight because I'm going to talk a little basketball here. Believe it or not. NCAA champion UConn, and I'm going to weave it into 
Houston soccer history. I bet you're holding your breath wherever you are listening to this. But the great story of the UConn title win is the coach of UConn, Dan Hurley. The guy resurrected the program. He is a New Jersey connection. So I'm from New Jersey. This is why I'm bringing this up. He comes from like royalty when it comes to a basketball family. That's the connection I love about this. His father, Bob, is a Naismith Hall of Famer. And growing up in New Jersey, you always heard of the father coaching a high school, St. Anthony, in Jersey City, which is right on the water across from Manhattan. So the Hurley name is huge in basketball circles and in New Jersey. I'm not telling anybody who follows college basketball anything new here. His brother Bobby was an All-American at Duke. You remember him. He was a playmaker, incredible dribbler, technical skills. He's now the coach of Arizona State. But I love the family aspect of this. And he paid homage to, I believe, Jim Jim Calhoun and Gino, or uh, how do you say Gino's last name, Oremia? Oriema. Oriema. Um, so, class act all around. So, when UConn wins that, you really, you really like that that man uh, is getting the accolades for rec- resurrecting this program. You can see how the players love him. So, I take you back to 2000. There was a national championship game, UConn against Creighton. I believe it was in Charlotte. There were five Houston area players, all from the Hurricane Soccer Club in 2000, that won a national title. So, there were five Houston kids on the national championship UConn team. This never gets celebrated in the city other than me reminding people on this show. Chris Bondi, Sam Forco, both got drafted in MLS. Garrett Grinsfelder, Edwin Rivera, and Ryan Brown. These guys were all Bear Creek guys, Hurricane Soccer Club, which, you know, uh, has a little personal meaning to me. Bondi won the Herman Award as the nation's number one player. So for those that don't know, that's equivalent to the Heisman Trophy. He then was the number one player drafted in the MLS draft overall by Dallas. He's now the coach at UConn. So there's a nice little sort of UConn connection there that we uh, tie into Houston. But, you know, at first I was like, yeah, I really want a Florida Atlantic or somebody different to win it. And then I was like, you know what? There is a good story uh, about UConn winning this title. All right, we're coming back. We got a World Cup history update. We will do uh, probably a winner and loser segment coming up soon. We got great guests tonight. Amazing story uh, tonight. I'll, I'll tell you about our guests when we get back. But uh, our, our, there's two interviews that are going to coincide back to back that mean a lot here tonight. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to remind you that John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm is our presenting sponsor. John and his firm are personal injury attorneys. You want the best fighting for you. Want you want the best fighting for your right for compensation if you get in any kind of an accident boat car motorcycle you drive an 18 wheeler maybe you work down in a refinery you want the daspit law firm 713 call now 713 call now they're bilingual they'll rep you tell them you heard about it on soccer matters daspitlaw.com supporting soccer soccer matters and the great game of football we'll take a break 713-780-3776. We're taking more of your phone calls tonight. You're listening to Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. Time now for Glenn to name today's big winner. 
From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters. You know who our big winners are today? Speaking of the Premier League, Leeds United, 2-1 to winners over Nottingham Forest. Huge win for them. Jump a couple of spots in the Premier League. They are fighting off relegation. So, consequence when it comes to promotion relegation. Weston McKenney, Brendan Aronson in the starting lineup for Leeds. Jack Harrison who played his college soccer at Wake Forest, one of the goal scorers, and Sinistera uh, got the other one. By the way, tonight, hour number two, an incredible back-to-back interview. And I really, I'm speaking right now to those that are in player development. I'm thinking to, to those uh, of you that are young soccer players or parents of young soccer players that are ambitious and want to one day play in Europe. Amazing interviews. First, we will talk to an under-17 player who at 16 years of age uh, went over to Werder Bremen in Germany. We're going to tell you the whole story, how it worked out. He is now the leading goal scorer for Werder Bremen's under-17s, banging in a ton of goals, and he's also the second in the entire Bundesliga Regional League. They play Hanover and and the teams that are close. That's the way they do it in the Bundesliga. So... um, his name is Yuval Ronan. You're going to hear this interview with this 17-year-old. You're going to not think you're talking to or listening. I didn't think I was talking to a 17-year-old because he's mature beyond his years. Uh, and you will hear, if you were going to just judge him on the way he spoke, you would say, this guy's going to make it. Um, it's amazing. So then what I thought after that, I was like, wow, this is a really good interview. Now let's talk to his father. His father's name is Barack Ronan. I said, now let me do an interview with his father and bookend it. And then you're going to get a a total take on how it all happened. He was playing for a a well-known youth club in North Carolina. Uh, How it all happened. He's now representing Israel at the under-17 level. He just played in a bunch of big friendlies against big teams from South America. Um, He's got a German passport. He also is going to get his American passport, so... Who knows where this guy could be in three, four years. He might be a U.S. national team player. But he is scoring a ton of goals. I talk to him about everything. But then we talk about how he got over there, how they raised the bar, their advisors, um, all the different clubs that they trialed with and why they picked Werder Bremen. Okay? So, if again, you're in player development, you're parents of a player that's highly ambitious and wants to play professionally, either here in Europe or somewhere, I suggest you listen to this interview because there's a lot of reality to it. It's not, it's not fluff. And you will hear it in the voices of both son and father, the seriousness of if you want to attempt to play in Europe, uh, you're saying no to lots of things. Your focus is entirely, entirely on the mission on a daily basis. And by the way, he goes to school as well. So this guy... Starts in the morning, and by the time he puts his head down on the pillow, he's done school, he's done training. They're asking him to play the center forward position as a striker differently. Um, so it's Yuval Ronan, a 17-year-old, and Barack Ronan, uh, his father. I really enjoyed doing these uh, two interviews. All right, so welcome back to Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5, as always presented by 
John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, 713-CALL-NOW. Advantage BMW in Midtown. Go down there. Seek luxury. Um, look, I go down there. It's premium service tailored for you. The service center, put your time first. The sales team. And, and this is a, a piece that many of you have, like I have. Do I go new? Do I go certified pre-owned? Do I go pre-owned? They can help you through that. And they factor in then, do you buy? Do you lease? All the differing things that you need help with. You go see Justin, you go see Steven, and you discover something special. Your hometown advantage, San Jacinto and Gray, advantage BMW in Midtown. Okay. Um, Chelsea's lining up potential coaches. Obviously, Julian Nagelsmann is being talked about. Mauricio Pochettino, who's also linked to Real Madrid. How about that? You're Carlo Ancelotti. You've won the Champions League with them, and there's already rumors and people pining for the position. Incredible. Real Madrid will play Barcelona tomorrow in, the, uh, in their cup, in the Spanish cup. Uh, Barcelona, Copa del Rey. Three straight over Real Madrid. So they're going to look to make it four. Uh, I see Guillermo in there shaking his head up and down. He's a big, big, big Barcelona fan. By the way, he gets big props. When you see these um, videos from the show that come out for promotional, just to give you a little taste of the show, that's all Guillermo. And uh, he's, he's excellent at this. Um, so, we, uh, you know, when you click on there, you're clicking for Guillermo as well as uh, me and the show and Andrew. So. Don't forget that. So a big thank you, uh, Guillermo, for all the great work you you produce. It's guys like this, Andrew and uh, Guillermo, who make guys like me look good. Don't ever forget that. There's always somebody behind it. Uh, all right. Uh, we said we were going to talk some L.A. Galaxy. Let's start off with Houston Dynamo. Two-to-one loss uh, in San Jose. Um, excited to hear what you think about this and where the Dynamo are right now. I think it's pretty obvious in a lot of ways. The Dynamo go down to the Earthquakes 2-1. to one. Chance creation still a struggle. Um, they get their lone goal off a penalty kick. Here's Ben Olsen critiquing the Dynamo performance out on the West Coast. Well, I think we had a poor start. They had more energy. Uh, they were hungrier from the get-go. Uh, and they deserved an early goal. Then we, you know, we arrived at the fight and, and clawed our way back into it. And I thought, you know, one one at halftime was was about right. Um, and then the second half, uh, we, we got a little undisciplined there during about a 15 minute span where we were going for the win and looking to uh, we had good numbers up in certain transition moments and, and again didn't have the quality. And then we exposed ourselves. Uh, I thought way too much for for that stretch and then. That's where uh, th- their PK comes from. But it was a uh... – <laughs> yeah, I- I'll stop at that. Yeah, so I'm just going to go back to what I've been saying all year long. Nothing has really changed. The uh, the um, Houston Dynamo have improved the roster. They've improved their possession game, which in turn pres- improves their team shape. So those areas have been improved. The consistent area that has not been improved is the final third of the field. And you have to question if they have the right players there. Uh, Do those players need more time? Yeah, probably. There's no real wingers. Um, Your 13-goal score right now is not in favor, you know, with the Dynamo. 
although he's training professionally, Ben told me that. Uh, you're playing with really a winger as a center forward who's really not occupying the center forward position a lot in the game. He's all over the field. He's coming back into midfield. So you really, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I mean, you don't have depth in your attack because you need a striker that gives you depth. Now, Ben also made it clear. It's the movement, the running of channels, uh, the ability when the ball's lost for him to do work. So that remains the big issue overall from a goal-scoring perspective is sort of Baird versus Sebas Ferreira, who is a DP, who big money was spent for. That's, that's the thing they're trying to figure out. Um, as long as you win at home, you can continue to, to push the delay of urgency on, on getting that done because of the way MLS works and the amount of teams that make the playoffs 18. But they're not dangerous in the run of play. You can say they're a pass or two away from it and, you know, all those things, but that's happened consistently over a bunch of games. Lowest total of shots this year for the Dynamo, six. Six shots is not going to cut it. Um, it's not enough. It's a low total. Only three on target. I think two of them were Hector Herrera. You can't continue to expect Hector Herrera to be the guy taking most of your shots. He uh, had that free kick at the end of the game that was hit pretty vicious, but it was right at the goalkeeper. I mean, he's so exceptional off the set pieces. 49 final third entries, but what did it yield? This is all data. We can go to data and make it look good. Or we can also factor in the eye test, and the final third isn't good. And it's a question mark. And nobody here is saying anything that other people aren't seeing. Four shots inside the box. That's not enough. One big chance. Not enough. 20 crosses, no real threat. Um, Only two corners. So that means you're not penetrating. That means you're not getting to the end line, despite all these final third entries. Uh, It's all pretty easy to see. And it's going to come down to players, the right mix, potentially reviving Sebas Ferreira. I mean, what do you do if you don't revive him? Transition game, when they break out and... Listen, Coco Karaskia can jump you into attack. But the transition game, the amount of poor decisions, um, at times it lacked directness. You're saying, just go, 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 right? Decision making. Um, You run at people, you make things happen. You earn free kicks. The Dynamo need dribblers. They have to take people on because you got to earn free kicks so you can put Hector Herrera on it and get the most out of one of your, well, what is your best weapon right now is him offset pieces and free kicks um but that shouldn't be it come summertime if we're if we're still hoping for hector at that point it's trouble but the dynamo have said they're looking for another attacking piece it's not going to be some big name i don't think it's pretty clear it's going to be an under 22 initiative guy um to their final third entries 68 percent uh was their final third passing accuracy that's that's not good enough and i think at times for me i feel like you know, we're trying to one-two our way through seven and eight players, um, which when it happens, it's going to be a spectacular goal when it happens. But not using enough of a wide game is to complement that. See, that's what I think. You always need a complement. You, you don't want one. You don't want to just be a team that plays in tight. The only team that can do that was Barcelona in the great years. You don't, you want to, you want to, Amplify that 
and get the best out of that by having width because you pull people apart. Um, I remember saying last year over and over, why are we using uh, Fafa Pico as an inverted winger? The times he scored goals and set people up, he was on the right side of the field. He would get wide. They'd get him the ball, and he fluidly would pick it up with a first touch and run at people. Now he lost the ball a lot, no question. But he's perfect for Nashville. Guess where Nashville's playing him? They're not asking him to cut in and be an inverted winger. They're using... They're using Fafa Pico the best way possible to get the best out of him, and that's on the right side. And, you know, we know they're a deep defending kind of team that loves to break out. It's pretty simple. Hit Fafa Pico early when people are committed for it. It's going to happen. How good it can you be at recognizing that moment? But you will give him the ball in stride, driving to goal. And he's going to lose the ball a lot. He's going to earn your corners. And he's going to make some plays, and he's going to score a half dozen goals for you. But he's not an inverted winger. So I don't know. Tate Schmidt was given the dynamo width. Um, I think Amin Bossi is a really nice technical player, but it's all coming inside. It's kind of a box midfield. He's trying to play off a Coco and Hector and Artur. So I think the next signing is big, and I think the question of... um, the center forward position is a really, really big one. Uh, so Sviatchenko, the signing at center back, you know, that's, that's a leader. It's a guy who's played in some big places, Celtic, Michelin, the goal scorer. What does that mean? That's another step towards helping you grind out wins in MLS, which we all know is important. But at some point, this team... Uh, is going to need to be more dangerous. Any thoughts out there? 713-780-3776. I think Daniel Stairs continues to be the starter right back. Escobar is getting healthy. All right. Well, George Thorogood. Blackberry Smoke is coming in our neighborhood. That's another good band. We're going a little hardcore tonight. I'm not giving you any uh, soft stuff tonight. I- I'm just in a hard mood. All right, um, we'll take a break here. Come back. Uh, we can take your phone call, 713-780-3776, 713-780-3776. On behalf of the Daspit Law Firm, let's give uh, somebody a pair of tickets. Dynamo LA Galaxy this weekend. Let's go to caller number three right now at 713-780-3776. Hey, soccer fans, a moment here for our presenting sponsor, John Daspin and the Daspin Law Firm. Now, John and his firm are personal injury attorneys. They're going to bring you a personalized approach. It's DaspitLaw.com, 713-322-HURT. Now, they're bilingual. You might get in a car accident, motorcycle, industrial, construction, plant, refinery, 18-wheeler. The Daspit Law Firm has you covered and will work for you 24-7, nights and weekends. Get the representation you need at the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com. Proud sponsor of Soccer Matters. You're listening to Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. Time now for Glenn to name today's Big Loser. I'm a loser. Here's to the losers. I bless them all. Loser. 
the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. We appreciate Beck. All right, so this is a good one. This one could only come out of CONCACAF or Liga MX. Actually, that's not true. So, there's a referee in Liga MX. He's been banned for 12 games. He was about to give a yellow card to Lucas Romero of Lyon. As he's giving the yellow card, his knee comes up into the groin area of Lucas Romero Leon. So there's one for the referees getting back at players. Uh, so this referee, his name is Fernando Hernandez Gomez. Knee to the groin. I don't know how hard it was. I don't. You know who knows. I mean, this was a stupid move. But he's gotten the 12 game suspension. Now I think if that happened in MLS, you'd never referee a game again. But uh, I, I will predict you will see him referee again. But this was like, you couldn't believe it when you saw it actually happen. So that's, our loser is uh, referee Fernando Hernandez Gomez of Liga MX. By the way, tonight, Philadelphia Union right now in action against Atlas and CONCACAF. Leon Violet, or Violet, who knocked Austin out. And then tomorrow we have Motagua against Tigris. That's, we were hoping that was going to be Motagua against Orlando City. But Orlando City couldn't get the business done in the second leg. Vancouver and LAFC uh, also in action. So uh, they would be playing midweek as well. All right. Um, let's keep moving on here. Uh, you know, real quick on the LA Galaxy. I mean, uh, they've got a disaster going on. They haven't won a game right now. Their last starting lineup was... Uh, Jurgen Klinsmann, son and goal. Edwards, Neil, Caceres, Caligari, Brugman, the holding midfielder. Boyd, Ricky Pooch, who came over from Barcelona. Delgado, Memo Rodriguez, Jovalich up front with a lot of names on the bench. I think Chicharito just came back to training. Um, they're still you know, clamoring about uh, the president, Chris Klein. They want him out. Fan base, people didn't show up to games. There's a a lot of crazy stuff going on there. Um, we did mention that Bayern Munich today got knocked out of the German Cup by Freiburg. So Freiburg's our team of the night, I think, here. All right. Um, well, Arsenal had a great game this weekend. Gabriel Jesus had a pair. Let's play, uh, let's play his second goal to make it 3-0. Uh, it's soundbite number 14, Andrew. Jesus into Trossard. Lovely touch from Trossard, and the move still alive, what a move! And Jesus from open play this time! More flowing football from Arsenal, and the three points look pretty good right now. Ah, we love flowing football. He had hit a penalty before that. We are getting a lot of flowing football from Arsenal. Uh, If you want to, you know, just watch a team for pure aesthetics, they're right in that category with City. Uh, right now, uh, watching these two teams is just, it's like you're going to get something special every game. You're going to get a high bar. Um, it's almost ridiculous, some of the goals and the type of play they put together. Here's Arteta, delighted for Gabriel Jesus. Remember, we were panicked, Andrew. We were panicked. We didn't know what was going to happen. Somehow, they have uh, averted uh, Gabriel Jesus's injury. He's back in action. He's scoring goal. Here's Arteta on Gabriel Jesus. 
delighted for him. They were all are. They were all clapping him. Uh, he's been working so hard for the last four or five months with a lot of support, obviously, from the team and the staff. And uh, today he deserves the chance to start. And I think he he grabbed the, the opportunity with a lot of conviction and, and scoring two very important goals. Okay, Manchester United. Did they get steamrolled by Newcastle or what? That game should have been four or five nothing. Uh, ETH has got some struggles now after doing some really, really good things to bring them back. Um, was um, Willock had one of the goals, but uh, what I want you to hear here is soundbite number 19. Eric Ten Hag, surprise, United did not ma- match Newcastle's passion. By the way, if you watch this game, that crowd, I mean, it was though they were kicking every single ball. Um, Newcastle's fan base up there, and I've been, I've spent a summer up in the north of England in Newcastle, uh, and I know how passionate they are about soccer, but that fan base in that game, it came right through your television set. Soundbite 19, ETH. I was um, surprised that we could match uh, the, the determination and the passion of the side of the opponent, and I think you know before when you travel to St. James Park to Newcastle, uh, what will be going on, and, and especially after we win the cup. And so if you want to win big games, uh, you have to be mature. And I didn't see that today on the pitch. So that was ETH. Yeah, they, they, were, they were never in this one. They, they were in it simply because of the scoreline. Somehow they got out of the first half. Newcastle was absolutely pummeling, pummeling them. And then you're thinking, all right, Eric Ten Hag has shown, you know, a penchant for changing a lineup, making a substitution, subtle change tactically, and better second halves. It never came in this one. Um, you know, I do want to make sure that I get this in, in the first segment here. Uh, we did the Houston Dash game. They had a great win at the Chicago Red Stars this weekend. And the uh, first goal they put together. Absolutely beautiful goal. Best goal I've seen in the NWSL this year. So basically, it was Diana Ordonez checking back into midfield, gets turned. She's a center forward. You get a run in behind their defense from Ebony Salmon. She picks her out with a beautifully weighted pass, and then Salmon picks out Maria Sanchez coming into the box. Anatomy of that goal, just something special. Beautiful goal. Um, just eye-popping, so... Good for them. 2-1 to one win at the Chicago Red Stars on the road, so they're a win and a draw. Um, all right, so let's get back to this. Uh, yeah, Arteta, uh, I want to go back to Arteta and just on the mentality since we were talking about this big match this weekend against Liverpool and, and what's at stake here. Here's Arteta on the mentality. Just enjoy the moment that we are in. You know, we have nine games to go, but we have a training session today that is going to enable us to be better as a team, you know. And if we go through the journey day by day, when the game comes, we are in the right state of mind and you are really looking forward to it. And you have oxygen to grab instead of being, this game, this game, this game. And we just want that, that energy, that belief that we go to the next target and, uh, and we go for it, and that's it. You want to play for this guy, don't you? You want to play... For Arteta, and you can tell by the way players respond uh, if a if a manager is is you know you could see that you don't have to be a basketball knowledgeable person to see that the UConn players were so tied into their coach and and this was this was team at its best right and that's not taking away anything from San Diego State and everybody else who got to the last four. 
All right, World Cup history update is brought to you by Soccer Matters. Right now, here we go. You're going to love this one. A few months before the 1966 World Cup, the Jules Rimet Trophy, which is awarded to each tournament's winner, went on display at a London stamp exhibition. Despite 24-hour surveillance, thieves managed to break into the trophy's display case. They took off with the trophy. A flurry of ransom notes, negotiation, and arrest followed. None of the clues led police to the trophy. This is a true story. Six days after it disappeared, a man named David Corbett and his dog Pickles were taking a stroll in London's Bulal Hill District when Pickles began sniffing a newspaper-wrapped parcel. The trophy had been recovered inside that newspaper, making Pickles an immediate international hero. England went on to win their first and only World Cup in 1966. That is World Cup history brought to you by Soccer Matters. Now, the tie-in to Houston to that was that the captain of that team that lifted the Jules Vermeer was Bobby Moore. And you get this stuff nowhere else, by the way. You ready for this? One year later, may have been less than that, there was a thing called the Eighth Wonder of the World, the Astrodome. Eighth Wonder of the World, the first dome stadium ever. West Ham United was in there playing the first soccer game ever, captained by England captain Bobby Moore inside that roofed stadium. Imagine how the players felt, like they couldn't believe it. Playing against, how about this, Real Madrid. Now how about that? That's remarkable history here in Houston with the Astrodome. Um, by the way, I played in, uh, in an American Soccer League game where Bobby Moore, and I've said this on the show before, was the assistant to Rodney Marsh. The team was the Carolina Lightning, and we were in Charlotte to play them. They had so many guys injured, they signed Moore to like a three-day contract or something, and he actually played. So I played against Bobby Moore. How about that? I ran around the same field with him. Incredible. Yep, just incredible. All right, so owners make big mistakes when choosing managers. I think we all know that. They also make great choices. Now, the hiring of Graham Potter at Chelsea was based on a time-tested type of way in hiring a manager, and that is, wow, he's successful with this club, Brighton. That means that will translate to our club, Chelsea. Now, as we all know, there's differences in coaching, difference, different clubs. Uh, certainly, we go right to the financial output and what, what you have there. Um, resources, uh, everything from quality of fields to training centers. To, there's all these other dynamics that come in. At the end of the day, Chelsea thought, all right, dropkick Tuchel out of here bring in Graham Potter and everything's going to be all right. It never was. And, and, you know, Potter maybe, you know, it was in over his head. I mean, this is a completely different type of job that he was asked to do. So Potter recently came out and this is soundbite 23 and he's going to do what a lot of coaches do nowadays. A lot of coaches now with all the data and analysis can defend themselves with data um, to the point where it's a little bit silly maybe sometimes with what they're saying. So here's what Potter said. 
sound by 23. Well, if you look at the stats of the game, apart from the most important stat, there's a lot there that's, that says we did a lot well. But ultimately, we, when, when we've, um, the two boxes is the most important area, and that's where we've come, come short. Um, first half, I thought we had a couple of opportunities. We won it back high and, um, and created a 1v1 situation, I think, pretty, pretty, pretty early in the game, and some of the chances to, 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 to attack. Um, but obviously, the goal's are a blow for us because um, you know, we need to do better than that in that situation. And then, the, you know, of course, it's, it's, it's difficult then. You're 1 0 down at home. But I thought the team gave everything. I thought the team, the intention of the team was there. You can tell by the amount of times we got in their box, the shots we had. Um, there's a there was a positive intent, but um, the scoreline's painful for us. Yeah, it happens a lot. I feel bad for him. I don't like seeing guys lose their jobs. He's obviously a talented manager. Didn't work at Chelsea. He'll end up somewhere else. Somebody said to me today, "Oh, what about Potter for the U.S. Men's National Team?" I said, "It's too early to be drinking." Too early to be drinking. That call came at 9.15 from a friend of mine. I said, what are you drinking this morning? Okay, so let's go, uh, let's go to something positive here. One thing we know is the Dynamo have a penalty taker. It's Amin Bassi. This is the Dynamo's goal to tie it up in San Jose. It's Bassi. Straight down the middle. Marcinkowski diving away to his left. Amin Bassi can't stop scoring penalties. And the Dynamo are back in business. Now, that's three in a row for him, but you can't expect to be getting these penalties like this. I mean, it's it's been nice. All right, so here's uh, let's go to ben, let's get some more Ben Olsen sound in here. Here's Ben uh, talking about not concerned about the lack of goals from open play. No, we're about seventh in the league. I, you know, going in this game, we were uh, higher than average for, for expected goals. Um, so we're getting the chances in run of play that you keep referring to. Uh, you know, we would, yeah, we, we, we would like to get more, but we're, get, we're getting looks. Uh, still the final ball, still quality, uh, still higher chances. Yeah, we're working on it. We're working on that part, uh, but we continue to score. You know, PKs count and set pieces count. And so did the second PK that we should have had in the second half uh, that was uh, very, very clear that two people tackled Coco in the box. So that's another chance. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, it is a work in progress. I mean, you have to give that to Ben. You have to give that to the team. They were upset about that penalty call, but you've had three. Um, But I get it. Listen, everybody's competitive. The Dynamo are working at it. This is what they got to figure out. I think we all knew this ahead uh, of these games is the Dynamo got to figure out the attacking part. There's been a lot of other good work done. More stable, like I said. Good team shape. There's been some guys who've really stepped up, I think, in roles that we didn't expect and that weren't expected to be there. Tate Schmidt is one. I think Daniel Steris as a center back playing right back. Um, the team shape is good. I mean, look, it's a fun midfield to watch. They can all handle the ball, um, and they can all keep possession, which in itself is going to – you're going to be in every game. If you can figure, figure out the attacking piece, and that's Ben Olsen's job now and his staff – is you got to create more chances. You got to start scoring goals and be a threat from the run of play. If they can do that, you can platform. Now, the question is do you have the resources within the team to do it? What's going to happen again with Sebas Ferreira and 
Corey Baird situation. One is an out-and-out goal scorer in a penalty area. The other one gives you more movement and mobility and maybe is a better tactical fit when the ball is lost. But that's why they co- play coaches the big big bucks. Oh. You are you are taking me tomorrow's dream. Tomorrow's dream. It's a great song. Black Sabbath. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. We're going to come back with our interview segment of the show. Yuval Ronan first. You're not going to want to miss his 17-year-old and the way he speaks. Um, Berta Bremen. He's on the under-17 team there. Take take a break. Danish Inspirations Modern Contemporary Furniture. 2775 Fonder and the best in modern contemporary furniture. It should be on your bucket list of modern contemporary furniture shopping. DanishInspirations.com to see the wide selection, the stressless line, the best in modern contemporary furniture presented by the great Danian Christensen and DanishInspirations.com. SG1, the youth club in Houston, is going to be doing a cancer uh, fundraiser for Snowdrop Foundation for Kick Cancer. Uh, I want you to make sure you hit me up on Instagram and uh, Twitter. I'm going to be giving you a lot of information about that. I'm going to put something up about that tonight as well. So a big thanks to SG1 and our great friends at the Youth Soccer Club, Dynamo Soccer Club, and Olivier Finidori, and our good friend Alex Para, Para at SG1. All right, we'll take a break. Soccer Matters, ESPN 97.5, presented by John Daspit, Daspit Law Firm, 713-CALL-NOW, DaspitLaw.com. You're listening to... Hey! Yeah, you. You better be listening to ESPN 97.5. And don't you dare turn that down. ESPN 97.5. 